Scripture as in life, there's a, a wide variety of responses to Christ. Uh, and it's true today. In our world, we talk to people about Christ or it's mentioned in TV or in the news and media or something and some people receive, some people accept it, some people are joyous about it, some people reject it, some people scoff. It's the same in Scripture. And this morning, I, I want you to grapple with the question, how do I respond when I find Christ? I want you to think about that. I want you to, to grapple with it, to, to, to wrestle with it this morning. Because it's a question for all of us. It's a question for each one of us to think about and grapple. How do I respond when I find Christ? Take a look at this, at this video. are you responding so far this Christmas? Does any of that sound like or look like your, your week or maybe even your month? Chaos, confusion. Did you hear all the songs playing at once right there at the end before? I mean, it was like, you were like, ah. Do you ever get to that point where it's just noise? There's a lot of responses that we find in our culture. I was in line this week at a grocery store, I don't even remember which one, and I love to watch people and listen to people and, and maybe even eavesdrop a little bit, you know, listen to other people talk at the register, listen to the lady at the register talk with the customer she's with. And there was this couple in line and they were commenting on, man, I can't wait until Christmas is over. And the other one was like, yeah, this is the worst time of year. It's just so busy and so crazy. Deep down inside, do any of you maybe feel a little bit of that? It's a, you know, there's that song, right? It's the most wonderful time of the year, right? Not for these two. <laughs> it's the worst time of year. And for a lot of people, it is a bad time of year. Some people are confused. They're overwhelmed. Some people just yawn. At Christmas. They yawn at the thought of, of the story of Christ and his birth. Some people reject it. Some people can't wait over until it's over. Some people sigh and groan over the whole ordeal. Now I want to go through 
I don't know, there, there's several scriptures. I'm not going to number how many because then you'll be like, oh, this is going to last forever, and it's not. But I want us to, to travel a little bit, journey a little bit through scripture and see how some different people responded in scripture. For instance, Mary, after the shepherds, you saw the shepherds visit her at the manger. You, manger, you saw that, that played out by the kids, and they did a wonderful job, guys. Awesome. I loved it. That was probably the best thing about this morning so far. It really was. We could probably say amen now and go home. Everybody be good. Don't shake your head too. <laughs> Dave's like, yeah, let's pray and go home. <laughs> Luke 2.19 says this, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. That was Mary's response to Christ in the season. She had this baby. He was born under odd, unusual circumstances and just out of nowhere, people start showing up. The shepherds. The shepherds. Listen to how the shepherds responded. Luke 2, 16 through 20, it says, They went in haste. They found Mary and Joseph and a baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known uh, the saying that had been told them concerning this. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. That's how Mary responded. And continuing in that verse, it says, The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and all they had heard as it had been told them. Different kinds of responses. Thinking about it, pondering about it, wondering about it, treasuring it, storing it. The shepherds glorifying, returning to the fields, glorifying God, talking about it and shouting about it. How about Jesus when he was a child, when he was a young man teaching in the temple? He had separated from his parents and his parents had like continued on in their journey and all of a sudden they're like, where's Jesus? They couldn't find him. They turned back, they went to town and, and Jesus said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know I must be in my father's house? His parents didn't understand what he was saying and it says he went down with them and came to Nazareth. He was submissive with, to them. So, so they, they were confused. But he said, okay, now come on, you've got to go home with us. So Jesus left with them and went back home. But he had been teaching in the temple. Again, it says, his mother treasured up these things in her heart. How about John the Baptist as an adult in Matthew 3? It says, Jesus came from the Galilee to, to the Jordan, to John, to be baptized him. And John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. That was John's response when confronted with Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. Uh, you want me to baptize you? Uh, it should be the other way around, Jesus. You should baptize me. And Jesus said, no, you need to baptize me so that all can be fulfilled according to prophecy. He was confused. The wise men, Matthew 2, 11, we didn't talk about them today. They come sometime later because they follow the star. They arrived at the house where the child was with Mary. And it says they fell down and worshiped him. And then they opened their treasures and they presented treasures to them. So we have a, a variety of ways we see people responding to Christ. How about the first followers? Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon who is called Peter and Andrew, his brother, and casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen, and he said, follow me to these two guys, and I will make you fishers of men. And it says immediately they left their nets and they followed him. 
That's some of the way that people respond to Christ. There's another type of response, isn't there? Probably one we see more often in our culture today. How about the response of the crowd in John 10, 11? Jesus is teaching and he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep and he talks what it means to the people about how he is the shepherd. The response of the people is very telling. John 10, 19 and 20, it says, There was division among the Jews at these words. Many of them said, He is a demon and he's insane. It's a lot different than the two that followed him. It's a lot different than John who said, I, I should be baptized by you. It's a lot different than Mary who, who pondered and treasured these things. A lot different than the, uh, the shepherds who went out rejoicing. He is a demon and he is insane. Why listen to him again, the crowd in Luke 23, Pilate is addressing the crowd. He's holding Jesus and he's wanting to release him, it says in scripture, but they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. A third time, he said to them, why, what evil has he done? I have found in him no guilt deserving death. I will therefore punish and release him. But they were urgent, demanding with loud cries he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. And Pilate decided the demand should be granted. How about the crowd one last time in John 6, verse 60, it says, when many of the disciples heard Jesus teaching, they said, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? And in verse 66, it says, many of the disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Jesus is a polarizing figure in the history of the world, isn't he? You either love him or you hate him. You accept him or you reject him, but there's no middle ground. You treasure him, you ponder him, you follow him, you worship him, or you reject him. You call him crazy. You say he's a liar, he's a lunatic, or maybe he was just a good guy, or just a prophet. Listen to a question Jesus once asked, Matthew 16, in 13 through 16, it says, Jesus came while he was traveling to a district of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? That's a reference to himself. <clears throat> they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. In other words, just somebody, a teacher, a good person, a prophet. When Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That question is not just for that day and for that time. That question is for us. But who do you say that I am? That's a question that I want you to hear and I want it to reverberate in your heart today, in your mind. Because the question is for each of us, the world says many things about Christ. He was a good man. He was a teacher. He was a prophet, a lunatic, a liar, a king, a crazy person. But how will you answer the question that Christ posed? But who do you say that I am? Because the answer to that question, in your heart, is the most important thing you'll do this holiday. Not the shopping, not the family time, not the Christmas presents, not even coming here today, not the kids doing their stuff, singing songs, all that stuff is great. It's wonderful. And we can glorify God in all of it. 
But who do you say that I am? Is the question that Christ is posing at Christmas. He was an infant in a manger. But that wasn't the only thing he came to be, was it? He came to save the world from sin. He came to save you and I from ourselves, from our bad decisions, from our bad attitudes, from our wrongdoing, from our disobedience. And in case you're sitting there thinking, I don't have any of that, <laughs> be honest with yourself today. We're all disobedient at some point. We all have wrong motives. We all have bad attitudes. When Christ came, but he didn't stay a baby. He grew. He became a man, an adult. Some followed him, some rejected him. At the end of his earthly life, he died. He was buried. He went to that cross. That's why the cross is there at the manger. A reminder for us that Christ didn't come to stay an infant, but that it was God's purpose that at just the right time, Christ would die for you and for me. That's what Christmas is about. But who do you say that I am? That's a question you need to answer this Christmas. And I invite you to do it even now as we pray, asking the Lord to make you His. That would be the best Christmas present for you and for your family this season. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray. We come before you. We seek you. We want to know you. We want to understand you, Lord. Sometimes we get confusing messages from the world and we're confused because of the noise of the season and so much is going on and going to and fro and shopping and traveling and the mail and the music and the movies and all of the things that are happening, Lord, can drown out that question. The question you wanted us all to hear this morning, but who do you say that I am? Lord, I'm reminded of your words, the words you gave us through Paul. It says, do not fear, do not be frightened, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Lord, I pray that in this season we will set apart Christ, your Son, as Lord in our hearts. Lord, all we have to do, as you have shown us in Scripture through the life of your Son and through the teaching of the apostles and Paul, all we have to do is call upon your name. All we have to do is confess to you, Lord, we've sinned, we've failed you, we've gone our own way and not your way. Believe in our heart that you raised Jesus Christ from the dead in order to cover my sin. Lord, Scripture says if we believe those things, if we confess those things to you, that you'll save us. Lord, I pray that at this season of Christmas, when confronted with the question, we'll be able to answer it. But who do you say that I am? You're my Savior. You're my Lord. You're my Redeemer, the one that came to buy me back. The one who paid for my sin with his own life. Lord, I pray that all over this room, 
people are grappling with that question and they're coming to you and they're confessing you as Lord and Savior and asking that you forgive them and receive them. Lord, change our hearts. The new year is rapidly approaching. Time for something new. Lord, make us new at the end of this year that we might go into 2019 changed and usable for you. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he came in that little manger, but Lord, he didn't stay there. He died for my sins and he rose again. Lord, we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ.